0: You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Well, isn't it exciting? You know, this is one of the best things that happens to pastors. When you have a great service and God just does stuff and you're praying for things and things take a little bit longer than expected... All of a sudden, you've got a message up your sleeve. How's that? So let's just, let's just get in the zone of where we were last week, because last week I was wanting to launch off our farewell and reflecting on a few things to launch into a new series. And this series is called Hearts to Serve, Pray, Give. And this series, God kind of laid it on my heart to spend some time to explore how it is that that Jesus works in us to grow us as people who serve, pray and give. And the first message, well, the whole series really, is a fitting one for for the two we farewelled last week, isn't it? Hearts to serve. What I love about Tim and Rose, and always have, and, and many of us shared this with them personally last week, is that they've always had hearts to serve. Even serve and bless us by singing, as we saw last week. You'll never see that again, I'm sure. And uh, a certain Jeff Parker is in a lot of trouble. You know, they've <laughs> pretty well, that they, uh, they were the kind of people that, that Jesus calls all of us to be. Amen? The kind of people that would play their part in whatever way possible to see their faith community flourish to see people encouraged, to see people spurred on in the faith, and to go further on the journey of knowing and loving Jesus Christ. And consistently over many, many years, Tim and Rose, they gave themselves to loving and serving God and people in so many different ways, sacrificially, wholeheartedly, always with the aim of seeing others blessed, loved, honoured, and encouraged, just like Jesus. Now, if Tim and Rose are listening to this, don't worry, I'm not going to preach about you guys. I'm going to preach a message about Jesus and about us. I'm simply saying all of this as a bit of a springboard to get into what God's led me to share this morning. And so as I was, as I was kind of praying and, and getting my heart ready for last Sunday, God spoke to me and he said this. He said, I want to take my people deeper in sacrificial service faithful prayer and generous giving. I want to take my people deeper in sacrificial service, faithful prayer and generous giving. So that's what God said. And so that's the journey we're going to take over the next three weeks now. So let's just start by by devoting this series to God in prayer, by asking him to, to speak, by inviting him to move in our hearts and grow us and shape us so that we have hearts just like Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Yeah, God, we thank you so much for the way that you speak to us, the way that you guide us, the way that you encourage us in growing continually in your ways. God, I pray that as we, as we open your word over the next three weeks, as we look at these, these key, key indicators, really, of your spirit alive in us that we would be people who would serve sacrificially, that we would be people who would be faithful in prayer, that we would be people who would be generous givers. God, we pray that you would speak directly to our hearts, that you would minister, that you would move, that you would shape us, that you would help us to have ears to hear what you wanna say. And then Lord, not only would we hear it, but we would also be doers of your word, that we would grow as people who have hearts just like Jesus. So Lord, do that work, we pray. And yeah, just guide me as I share this first word and launch us into this series. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you've got your Bible with you, you can turn to Philippians 2, chapter um, Philippians 2 and then verses 1 to 11. But if you don't, it's going to be up on the screen as well. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wow, what a passage of scripture. That is a truly beautiful exhortation, isn't it? You can really hear the passion in Paul as he, as he addresses the people in Philippi, people he knows, people he loves, people he treasures. You know, it's a powerful invitation and it's also a, a remarkable reflection on Jesus Christ, what he's done, who he is, his character, his heart, what he has achieved. So what, what's Paul inviting them to? What's what's Paul saying to this local church and inviting them to? Well, he's inviting the believers there back in his day, but also by extension, he's inviting us. This is an invitation to you. This is an invitation to me, to anyone who follows Jesus Christ today. He's inviting them to pursue unity and serve one another in love. To pursue unity and serve one another in love. Now... Let's be honest this morning. Sometimes we hear these kind of messages or themes and we start to switch off, don't we? No one's going to be honest? Come on. We say to ourselves inside, or maybe we say to the person next to us, oh, come on, Pastor Joel, really? We've heard all this before. You're always going on about it. Every church always goes on about it. We've got this unity and service and love thing down pat. Is anyone bold enough to say that? Sometimes this is our experience, isn't it? Very, very quiet. <laughs> and we see in this passage, we see in this passage a bit of a clue here, a clue that seems to indicate that this is not merely a modern-day experience. This isn't just unique to us. It seems that, that Paul kind of anticipates that some in his intended audience would likely hear what he had to say in much the same way. And so he he carefully crafts his invitation to start with a conditional sentence. Now, this is a bit Bible geeky, but just stick with me for a moment, all right? This is important for us because it it affects the way we engage with God's word and apply it to our own lives today. So he starts with a conditional sentence. Verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit... Any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So what's going on here? First thing, the Apostle Paul is not deluded. He's not looking out at this flourishing, community of faith that, that is growing, that, that has the spirit at work in it. He knows that there's encouragement. He knows that there's comfort, that there's participation in the spirit, that there's affection, that there's, a, there's sympathy shown from one person to the other. He knows that all these things are happening and that they are being experienced generally in this community. So why does he start with the if? Well, I believe here's why. Paul starts with a conditional sentence to firstly draw his hearers in and then to challenge them to consider personally in their own hearts, in their own experience, in their own lives, whether or not these kind of qualities are evident and alive and well in them or missing. Isn't that brilliant, the way Paul does that? Paul recognises the general. He's saying, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not missing what's going on there. There are great things happening. But he brings the word home and applies it to his hearer's heart and causes them and us to wrestle with these words and consider for ourselves. Things like this. How am I actually doing? Am I growing as a person of love? Am I giving myself to serving and blessing others sacrificially? How am I playing my part, my part, in seeing unity exist within my community of faith between my sisters and brothers? Because friends, as much as we think we've already understood, we've already got it, we're winning when it comes to pursuing unity and serving one another in love, we don't got it, do we? We don't, we haven't yet made it. We're all still on the journey, and we haven't yet arrived. God's Word, all of it, is not just designed to be something that we read and and understand once, but it's designed to be something that we engage with over and over again, not merely at an intellectual-seeking kind of knowledge level, but at a deep, personal, heart, emotional level. and. The beautiful thing about God's word is that, that God's word has this cleansing effect, doesn't it? Who's experienced that before? It's like a, a, a divine kind of washing, isn't it? You need a bath, jump in God's word. You'll be, you'll be washed cleaner than any bath could, could wash you in the natural. Because God's word washes over us and it causes us to, to actually stop. It causes us to pause, it causes us to reflect and then actually see where we're really at, where we're actually at. We're encouraged through God's word as we, as we see how we're, we're following Jesus faithfully, how we're growing, uh, how we're walking the road of love and unity and service well. And then at the, the flip side is we're also challenged and stirred to, to take action to better serve God and follow him well in those areas where we're not doing so well, yeah? And this is the kind of thinking, in a sense, that's underlining this series. Because here's the thing. Friends, who knows that we are a really beautiful community of faith? Who knows that? Who, who experiences that? Absolutely. It, we got a special thing going on here. There's a genuine faith community, people who love well, people who cherish other people, people who aren't about a show or pretending like they've got it all together, people who are real. And we saw that beautifully last week in the way that we honoured two of us who, who are moving on. It was a beautiful thing. We're a community of people already who have hearts to serve, to pray and to give but we haven't yet arrived, have we? We haven't yet arrived. We haven't made it. There is still plenty of room. There is still plenty of work. There is still plenty of new blessings that God wants to release to us and release through us as we join with him in continuing to become as a community of faith. Amen? God wants to grow us more and more as, the, as sacrificial, faithful and generous Christian community. And this is the same on the personal level too. We are a beautiful church community because we are made up of beautiful individual people. People with beautiful hearts. People who have hearts to serve, to pray and to give. But hear this and receive this today. God's got more for you as well. God's got more for each of us. He wants to actually do a new thing in us. He wants to take us further. Maybe we feel like we're satisfied with where we're at, but he's not satisfied because he wants us to experience more of his abundant blessings. He wants to take us and shape us more and more into the image of his son. He wants to take us deeper, further as people with hearts to serve, pray, and give this year. And for me, and I know this isn't just for me, this is true for all of us, this process of becoming with Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, opening ourselves to what God wants to do in our lives, it occurs best when I take the time to sit with and acknowledge my own frailty, my own weakness. My own sinful tendencies, my own hardness of heart. Yeah? Does anyone know that to be true? Why? Because I'm then humbled. I'm not actually thinking, hey, I got, it. I got this. Oh, yeah, I'm doing all right in this. <laughs> oh, no, I'm actually not in comparison to Jesus. And yet, um, it's, it's a reminder then of just how much we are dependent on Jesus, isn't it? And so then when we're humbled, when we're in that posture of, as someone prayed uh, earlier, of waiting on God as we're in his presence, as we're waiting on him to move and to shape and humbled ourselves before him, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and guides us and shapes us and does his work. You know, this is another beautiful thing about the way the Apostle Paul structured his exhortation here in these first 11 verses of chapter 2. What Paul does is he he links the Christian behaviours of unity and love with the true foundation and motivation for all our behaviours. Yeah? Do you see that in that passage? Christ Jesus. Paul in verses 5 to 11, he shares and expands on this, this passage of scripture which today theologians call the hymn of Christ. You might think, well, that sounds strange. Why would it be called the hymn of Christ? Well, this is good, and maybe we should get Tim and Rose to do a version of this, but it's believed that these words of Paul's were adopted and created into a hymn by members of the early church. In, in the time of, of you know, the church in Philippi, uh, around those times in the years after, it's believed that they, they received Paul's writings with joy, and it led them to actually write these words into a hymn of praise to honour and worship Jesus. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And I'm not going to sing it for you like Tim and Rose last week, but just imagine these words being sung from verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, the Father. Now that would be some hymn. There you go, John, this week's homework. And and isn't it a a remarkable summary of of Jesus, of his life, of his ministry? What a shared experience that would be to sing those words together, reflecting on Jesus, the humble and servant-hearted Saviour, who because of his obedience to die for the sins of the world was exalted and now reigns over all creation. How incredible is that? Now, here's the power. All of that, which we just imagined being sung as this, this beautiful hymn, all of that, he's saying all of this is the very foundation for all of this, for your unity and love. Yeah? Who, who knows sometimes when, when we, we... It's very easy temptation to go, oh yeah, this is what I need to do. I need to be like this as a Christian. It's just like a way of behavior management or something. I don't know. Like I need to be more loving. And then we we try, don't we? We try, we walk the road of being more loving, and you know, it goes alright for a while until we face our neighbor who, who wants to he's always like shooting his gun at 2 a.m. in the morning, and all of a sudden the loving goes out the window. No. You've got one like that? I don't, just to be clear, neighbours, if you're you're watching. But here's the thing that Paul does. He reminds us, and and he speaks against that temptation to try and get our, our foundation or our basis for Christian living in any other place other than Jesus. He says, guys... If you want to be a person of unity, if you want to be a person of love, then base your very life on this man. Behold this man. Wait on this man. Love this man. Yeah? All of our unity, all of our love, all of our sacrificial service, all we could ever do for God is founded on Jesus Christ. It comes about from this one man and as we as we look to jesus as we worship him as as we as we enjoy him as we wait at his very in his very presence at his feet holy spirit shapes and molds us as people who look like him there's a there's a rubbing off effect isn't there we're not we're not navel gazing and trying to love with some worldly idea of what love is we are looking to love And then as we look to love, the Spirit makes that love come alive in our hearts. And then when we're loving, we're simply being vessels of Jesus rather than trying to kind of do it ourselves. Does this ring true for anyone? We can't do any of this. We can't do any good thing. We can't do any good thing in our own strength or power. We just can't. There's not one thing that you can do without God any better. It's just not possible. And we know this to be true, don't we? Deep down in our hearts. And here's the thing with these things of of unity and love and, and blessing others and sacrificially serving others. Sometimes if we spend time considering the deepest recesses of our hearts, we actually find that we don't want to do this. We don't actually want to do this deep down inside, in our natural selves. Maybe I'm alone in that. I don't think I'm alone in that. We just don't. We are, as human beings, when we don't align ourselves with God, we are inherently selfish, not selfless. It's all about me what can I get? What can I do? Is serving here going to cost me? Is that a price I'm willing to pay? That's what can easily happen in our natural hearts. And yet, friends, and this is what Paul is encouraging, the early church here, and is encouraging us, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we fix our eyes on Christ and his example of sacrificial service. Don't you love that? God calls us to sacrificial service, but we've got a concrete example of what that looks like. We know what it means to serve others sacrificially. And then as we allow our hearts to be gripped by the gospel, because that's a beautiful little picture of the gospel there, and transformed by Holy Spirit and His power, we begin to change. Our motivations, our natural heart state motivations begin to shift. No longer are we so focused on me, 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 me. but we're starting to focus on him, 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 him. And then when we focus on him, 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 all of a sudden our focus becomes on others, others, others. others. That doesn't have the same ring, does it? <laughs> and our thinking's altered. Suddenly our minds, which are so self-focused, self-obsessed, worrying about tomorrow, what the interest rate's going to do, Will my job wage go up? All these kind of things that are natural things. Suddenly our minds are shifted to Christ and we're, we have a different perspective, don't we? We're reminded, hey, maybe God's got this. He's had everything else in all of history. He holds the very world in his hands. Maybe he's got this. And then, as the Holy Spirit brings this work and example of Jesus Christ alive in our hearts, that is where we're actually able to fulfil the Apostle Paul's exhortations in deeper ways. Amen? Let's just bring this up on the screen again. So God works in us and we're freed by Holy Spirit to take encouragement from Christ. Holy Spirit works in us and we're able to find comfort in God and in the riches of his love. We're able to enjoy participation in his spirit. We're freed to experience relationship with him and this naturally impacts our emotions, our affections and grows us as people who are able to be sympathetic with others. We find ourselves having the same mind as we focus on our saviour. We choose then, we, we long to operate in the same love. Our hearts are spiritually renewed so that we, we pursue, we actually fight to experience unity with sisters and brothers in Christ. And keep going, we, verses 3 to 4. We look to Jesus and slowly but surely our self-centred, selfish ways start to shift. No longer do we live to be seen or to serve ourselves, but we long to be like Jesus. Our hearts are transformed so we... No longer do things from a place of selfish ambition or conceit, but follow Jesus in counting others more significant than ourselves, looking not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then verse 5, As we look to and worship and adore Jesus, we have the mind that he had, and find ourselves longing to follow his example, considering it a joy to imitate him in becoming nothing and taking on the form of a servant. Verses six to seven. Now, thankfully, and man, don't we praise God that this is not our work to do. Unlike Jesus, our call is not to die for the sins of the world. That's not our call. He's done that. Jesus has done that. Praise God. Jesus has done that. And forgiveness is there for the taking for anyone who would place their faith in him so if you're here today and and you're not yet following jesus know this jesus has done the work he has won the victory over sin and death he has paid the price that none of us could ever possibly pay and you can find freedom and hope and life with jesus if you only place your faith in him so if you're seeking spiritual truth today choose to follow him today it's the best thing you'll ever do so while we're not called to to sacrificially die for the sins of the world we are like jesus we're called to follow him in his sacrificial servant-hearted ways we're called to sacrifice our own wants our needs and desires in order to follow him and love god and love others well. Wow. We're all called, as Jesus says elsewhere, to become great in his kingdom. If you want to be great in my kingdom, you will become a servant of all. That's the call for all of us. So let's just, let's just pause right now and just take a moment to, to really consider. And friends, if you don't know me very well yet, hear this. Whenever I put a question to you, I'm putting a question to me as well. This is just as much aimed at my own heart as it is yours. So let's consider this today. How is God calling me to sacrificially serve him in 2023? How is God calling me to sacrificially serve him in 2023? What areas of ministry, perhaps, in our, in our broader community of Hillsville, but also in our faith community here at Liberty Family Church. What is Jesus calling you to step into? How is God calling you to develop and exercise your heart to love him and love others this year through sacrificial service? I mean, perhaps for you, God's urging you to to follow Jesus by committing yourself to seeing the children in our community come to know and love Jesus passionately now and putting in those, those foundational blocks so that they've got that solid foundation to live the rest of their lives off. Solid foundation of knowing who they are, knowing that their identity is in Jesus, knowing that they are saved through no work of their own and knowing that they are precious and beloved in his sight. You know, things like that. Maybe for you, that's by investing your energies as a a member of the, the Liberty Kids team this year, alongside our wonderful Jen. I said it last week, didn't I? I said, healthy, thriving churches have healthy, thriving children's ministries. There's no such thing. You look any context anywhere, there might be an outlier, but the general rule is if a church is thriving, a church is healthy, it's always got a healthy children's ministry as well. So could you serve Jesus by loving and investing in our children? And maybe for you, perhaps you look out at Hillsville and you, you see the, the, the challenges that people are facing with rental properties and many people who were able to be in secure accommodation are now struggling to the point that they're experiencing homelessness. Like this is a real reality in the Arrow Valley. And perhaps for you, you want to get alongside some of those people or just encourage people in our community by being a part of Hickey's weekly meal on a Tuesday, dinner at Darren's, getting alongside people, being an encourager, being a person of light and hope in a very dark world. Maybe you could serve Jesus in that way. Or perhaps for you and This is something that that we are big believers in. And isn't Marilyn an absolute asset to our community? Isn't Marilyn a wonderful leader of our crash team? Perhaps for you, God's actually just saying and urging you to play your part in seeing young kids come to know and love and worship Jesus, and also parents, seeing the parents invested in, encouraged and built up in their faith through this vital ministry. Could you? Could you serve and follow Jesus' example by investing your energies in blessing children and families who attend our church community? Friends, whatever it is, whatever it is, there's some, there's some great areas. There's lots of others as well. There are countless opportunities for each and every one of us to serve Jesus because we're called to serve. We're called to serve. And I mean, Laura and I were even talking about this last night. You know, sometimes as Christians, we have this this kind of warped idea of the call of God. You know, we we think sometimes God's going to give us a billboard or God's just going to say to us one day, um, John, I want you to write the hymn of Christ this week. God doesn't always work in that way. In fact, more often than not, he doesn't. But what is the will of God? That we would be people who are like his son. That we would be people who love God and love others. That we would be people who serve others sacrificially just as he did. We can be sure of that. We don't have to go back to him in prayer and say, Oh God, is this really your will for me? No, I guarantee it's your will, his will for you. And that can be operated and outworked in any number of ways. So in the, in the classic marketing of Nike, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Get in there. Follow. Play your part in God's family. Whatever it is, we're called to serve and we can serve because we're following and looking to and empowered by the greatest and most humble servant there ever has been. Jesus Christ. So what I'd like to do now is just take an opportunity just to pray, just to pray for us, to pray for all of us. And maybe some of you might wanna respond and receive some prayer ministry in this area today. Perhaps, perhaps you're here today and you just feel like, you know what, I wanna make a stand today. I wanna to make a stand today to be a person who sacrificially serves others this year. To to resist and stand against the common song that society sings where it's all about you. To actually go, you know what? I reject that. I'm going to stand against that and I'm going to make a stand to follow Jesus in his way of radical sacrificial service. Perhaps that's you. Just want to serve him with renewed energy today. Perhaps you're here or watching online, and and you just feel something weird's going on inside, and you don't know what it is. Well, that might actually be the Holy Spirit drawing you to Himself, encouraging you to humble yourself and serve others, but do so first by coming and humbling yourself before Jesus and receiving Him as your Lord and Savior for the first time today. If that's you, I encourage you to reach out to Him and. I'd love to pray with you if you're here and if you're home, I'll be praying for you as well. Whatever way, whatever way you feel God leading you to respond, just encourage you, take this opportunity. Take this opportunity. Receive encouragement. Commit or recommit yourself to the ways of Jesus because we're going to invite Holy Spirit to renew hearts and develop in all of us a heart like his, a heart to serve let's just wait on the lord together maybe laura did you want to come and strum away for us